Welcome to Conversations with Mayi Lenz. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me, but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career, or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. Let's learn and grow together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. If you are new to our community, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Roxanne Chaput. <laughs> she is a luminary celestial guide, celestial and earth chairman, inspirational speaker, and show host. Hi, Roxanne. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Mai. I'm so you know, honored to be here and just to be in this beautiful place of co-creation together. So thank you. I love that. I love that. And I'm so excited about this episode. Um, and I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Gaia. It's like yeah. the Netflix, but for spirituality <laughs> and yep. everything personal growth. And I love it. And I I haven't, I don't think I have had someone in the show that is a shaman or that has, you know, like that background. And this, so this is so exciting. I feel like I'm just watching a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that we're going to delve into such beautiful conversations. It's surrounding all of who we are, right? And not just the one component of who we are, but the multidimensionality of who we are, which will be absolutely beautiful. I love it. Share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to pursue a career or should I say answer your calling in spirituality or, you know, coach and guiding people to find their soul purpose. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you so much for bringing the conversation here because my journey has been a very interesting journey. And ever since I was a little girl, I just had this deep knowingness that I was being called to serve humanity. And I didn't really understand what that was going to entail, but I felt that I was going to do something at a very great level. And I just remember always having like this burning feeling inside of me. And I would ask, you know, my family and friends, do you have like this burning feeling that you're being called to do something? And they were all like, oh, well, like, I know I want to be like a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. But it was something a little bit different than that. And I just remember as a small child, like adults would come to me, my family, my friends, everyone would come to me for guidance. Like, where do you think I should go on the next part of my journey? Do you think I should take this job opportunity? What do you think about this relationship? Like as a young child, and I remember my like my family, my mom, my parents just kind of being like awestricken and being, you know, like you're such a wise soul. You're such an old soul. You should really be a psychologist or you should really be like a social worker, like more in like the counseling and like the therapeutic side of things. But that just never really spoke true to me. And I was really trying to figure myself out and I couldn't resonate with anyone with that feeling. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm just like, Maybe it's just something that I feel inside of me, but really it isn't something. But there was still like this like deep, like gnawingness, like that it was like, yeah, like you're, you got to do something. There's something that you're meant to do here. And I remember just like going through life and kind of not putting it in the back burner, but just not paying so much attention to it and trying to figure out what it was. And I went through, you know, the system of going through the educational system you know, got a degree, worked in an executive position, worked in a cancer center for many, many years. And it was all beautiful work. And I always felt connected, like with my patients, like I always felt so much love for them and so much compassion. And I would be guiding them in, you know, in that role. And really that wasn't part of my role. Like I wasn't like the neuropsychologist or the psychologist of the program, but they were coming to me for guidance and advice and sharing their entire life story with me. 
And I just remember thinking like, this is normal. Like everybody does this. Like I didn't know anything different because you don't know if you're different when you, that's all you know, right? Like that's just your normalcy to you. You think everybody does that. And it came to a point in my career, it was just like, like as much as I was making a lucrative salary, I had an incredible career. I was working in as an executive and there was still a part of me that didn't feel fulfilled, but I just kept telling everybody else, like, I'm fine. I'm happy. Like everything's great. Like being the optimistic and being positive. And then I had my first near death experience. <laughs> and when that happened, it was like this, the stripping away of telling everybody else that I was okay. And like that I was living like this fulfilling life and that I was happy and that I was content when in reality, I wasn't, I, I wasn't happy with my path. I didn't feel like I was answering the call of where I was being like asked to serve. And I just remember like this being like that pivotal moment, like, what are your priorities in life? Like, why are you so connected to this superficialness? Like, why aren't you connecting to your truth? And it really brought me into this beautiful journey of my own soul and self mastery, really understanding myself and deconstructing all these belief systems that really just weren't mine. And it was like, what are you doing with your life? What do you want to do with your life? How do you want to show up for your family? How do you want to show up for the world? And it was just like a lot of self-reflection. And I just really started questioning things a little bit more profoundly where before I was just like coasting, like I was coasting, I wasn't going, like I always had deep conversations with people, but I wasn't going deep within myself. And that was like that pivotal moment. It was like that catalyst moment where really it was like, is this the life you want to be living? And that feeling was still there. And it was like, you're, you're still not living to your purpose. And it was funny. I was like, okay, like, what am I doing? And then I went through all of this own self-work that I did, this own self-healing that I did. And I embarked on this journey and it was a tumultuous one. Like there was things that I thought that I was fine with. And in reality, I was still consistently being activated and triggered. And it was showing up in my life and how I was choosing my, my relationships, how I was choosing my friendships, like everything was showing up around me that these things actually weren't healed. And I remember driving one day and it was just like this aha moment came on and it was like this beautiful light bulb moment. And it was like, you have been serving people your entire life. You have been guiding, you have been giving advice. Why are you not trying to do this at a greater level? Like, why are you only doing this for those that come across your physical path? Why are you not trying to serve at a global level? And then it was like, I need to start a, like a coaching guidance business. And then all of a sudden it was like within a week, the business was created. I had clients, like everything was just organically done. And like, I still had my, my executive position and I ensured that, you know, that I was safe to kind of make that transition. And I thought that my family was going to be like, what are you doing? Like, are you crazy? You're, crazy. You know? <laughs> You're leaving a six figure job. You have a pension benefits, your kids get free education. And I was just like, you know what? I just need to follow this. I need to follow my heart. And it was so beautiful. Cause my mom was like, she was a single mom. So for her, a job was everything. And I was a single mom in that moment also. And for her, that was like security. That was safety to know that you could provide for your children and put food on the table. And she was like, I don't know that I would have ever taken that risk because I'm a coward. Like I would have stayed where it's safe. And that's what we've known. We've known that we work in a construct for 30 something years and we don't leave. We stay there till we're 60, 65 and we retire. And like, that's what life is. Unless they fire you and then. <laughs> and then you have just... to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was just like, I'm just so happy that you're following your heart. And you just need to keep following your heart. And from that moment on, I was just like, it's not like I needed her permission, but it was like that affirmation that I was on the right path, that I was doing the right thing, even though it was scary as heck, you know? And so that brought me into like that coaching element. And just before I go into the next part of how I came into being like working in the quantum fields and working with energy and understanding all of like our soul designs and things of that nature was so here in Canada, I'm part of a culture which is called a Métis culture. So it's part Indigenous and French. So it's Native and French together, and we call it a Métis. And um, this is part of our lineage, our ancestry. And I received, after my last 
near-death experience. So I had three near-death experiences My after goodness. that first one. Yeah. Like, you better answer your calling or, <laughs> or else. <laughs> yeah. It all happened within a span of two years times. And the last three wow. that happened were like within a six month span. And they were all like simultaneously one after the other. And yeah. So after that, that last one, I kept having this reoccurring dream. And this dream was this beautiful indigenous woman. And she was coming to me and she was standing in front of this ravina and she had these teepees beside her and she had her arms extended to me and she kept chanting me this beautiful, beautiful song. And it felt so melancholy. Like I was such at peace and the connection to her just felt like she was like of my maternal grandmother, great grandmother, like just like that maternal, like unconditional love. And I was just so captivated by her. And I would wake up in the morning and I'd start chanting the song around the house. And my partner was like, wow, like that's a really beautiful song. And I'm like, this is what she sings to me every single night. And she came into my dreams for almost four months straight. And every night, every night, I kept having the same dream. She was standing in front of the ravina, the exact same dream. And I was like, what is she trying to tell me? Because like I've done dream interpretations before in my life. I've had like some of my dreams come into reality, like almost like prophetic, like I had those, like those prophecies. And I was like, what is she trying to show me? Like she's showing me the land, but like, I've never seen this land before. Where am I going? What am I doing? Like, what is she trying to tell me? So I took the dream. I went and met with one of our elders in our tribal community, in our Métis tribal community. And our elders here carry all the wisdom. They carry all of our songs, our traditions, knowledge on the plant medicines, on energy healings, fire ceremonies, and so forth. And I sat with him and I said, listen, I said, I keep having this dream. And I was explaining him my dream. He said, she's calling you to the land. I said, yes, she's calling you to the land to come and heal. I'm like, come and heal. I'm like, what am I, what am I healing? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing here? And he's like, you're meant to be a healer. And I'm like, meant to be a healer. Like, wh- what am I doing with this information? Like, where do I start? Where am I going with this? And he's like, it will come to you in vision. It will come to you in dream. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing with this? I'm trying to Google it, right? Like Googleish is like, did anybody else have this dream? And I was chanting him this song that she was singing to me. And he like, as he stood up, he took a step back and he was like, oh my goodness. He said, that song hasn't been heard in healing circles for over a hundred years. He said, my great grandfather used to chant this to me before bed, like as a bedtime song, but we never sang it in form of the healing circle. And I was like, oh my goodness, like goosebumps all over my body. And he was like, it's not the exact same, like, like a song. It's like almost like she customized it. And it's just a little bit of a slightly different rendition, but it's like the same melody. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing with this information? Like, where am I going from this point? Like, what am I doing with this? And I just remember leaving there. I was like excited. I was nervous. I was overwhelmed. And I just wanted to understand everything like right then, like right now. And I had to be patient. And the last night that I had the dream, and it was funny because the week before I had met with this incredible spiritual mentor. She's a, an incredible spiritual guide. And she had no connection to this elder that that was part of our tribal community. And I was telling her of my dream also, hoping that I could get maybe some further clarity. And she was like, she's calling you to land. I said, yeah, she's calling me to land. She's like, you're meant to be a healer. I said, yeah. She's like, you're meant to be a shaman. And I'm like a shaman, like, what am I doing with this? Like, what am, where am I going? Like, how do I start this? Like, what do I do? And same thing. She was like, it will come to you in vision. I was like, oh my God, like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to wait this out. And the last night that I had that dream, it was like, I woke up in the morning. I looked at my partner. I said, listen, I said, I'm being called to the land to come and heal. I need to go and heal. I can't explain to you why. And he was very supportive. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Go do what you need to do. But it's pouring rain outside and you're going in the forest and there's, you know, wolves and bears in the forest and you have no protection. <laughs> just bring something for my sanity. But I ended up going on this beautiful journey. And as soon as I stepped into my car, it was like I put this song on that I used to listen to as a little girl. It's like this ancient indigenous song that we used to listen to. And I was chanting the song that she was gifting me in my dream. And it was like these floodgates had opened and I was like releasing all of these tears that like I literally hadn't allowed myself to cry for years. Like I had went through 
a very tumultuous, like upbringing in, in the sense of like just very unhealthy relationship dynamics to a very unhealthy marriage where I ended up leaving with my three beautiful children. Like I have went through a lot of things, like a lot of loss and just like obviously my own near death experiences. And I, I never allowed myself to release. I never allowed myself to cry because I was trying to be strong for my children, be their rock, never let, you know, them see their mother, you know, sad or, or weak. What I thought was weak because that's what I was taught that our emotions were, were weakness when in reality they were our strengths, but I didn't understand that. And it was like this floodgate had opened and it was just like this, this like constant, like outpour of like, I don't even know how, like, I didn't get dehydrated. <laughs> I just kept crying and crying and crying for like over two and a half hours throughout this drive. And it was like in that drive, it was like I was reconnecting to my emotions. I was reconnecting to a part of me that I had denying for such a long part of my journey. And like, I was like pressurizing all these emotions, not understanding that there's no such thing as not, you know, as suppressing your emotions. You're just pressurizing them. At some point, they have to come out in some way, some shape, some form. And I get to these beautiful healing grounds and it's like a 15 to 20 minute trek in. I get to the forest and these are like known ancient indigenous healing grounds. Like these are like really incredible lands. And I'm walking into the forest and I just come across like this most beautiful rock. And I was like, I am going to heal here. Like, this is where I'm healing. So I come to the rock again, it's pouring rain. Like I see the, like the rock is a little bit damp. There's like mildew on it. And I'm like, I'm going to do a smudging ceremony on this rock. So I sat on this rock and I started conducting like a smudging ceremony. So for those that don't know, uh, smudging in our tribal communities, we burn like white sage, cedar, pine, palsanto. We burn herbal medicines in order to clear and cleanse our energy. And it's just a way for us to come back into harmony with our energy. And and how do you do that? Like, do so, you do like a little um, circle or did you just bring the sage and just burn it? How do you do that? Yeah. So for me, I always like, I always, always was always fascinated with crystals and stuff. So I just conduct my own little circle and I just created my own little circle of where I was going to be smudging. And usually like we take it, like I take a shell and I just like, I'll burn whatever element that I need for, for like that moment. Like usually I've always just known like what I wanted to kind of cleanse with cleanse, right? And, and we burn it into the shell. And then we do like a ceremony where we go and we like, we cleanse our crown. And then we go through like the entirety of our body, just like asking for like that clearing to happen. And I'm doing the smudging ceremony on this rock. And like, it was like, I was just constantly crying and I was looking at this cliffside. Cause like this rock was like facing like this beautiful cliffside. And you can just like, just by looking at the cliffside, like you can see the story in the cliffside. And it was like, I was reconnecting to like my, my lineage, like my ancestry, like everything that was really important in life. And it was like all of this superficialness that I thought was like meaningful and significant. It was just showing me what life really was. And it was just like this beautiful unveiling of everything that really is sacred in life. And it was like, I was consistently getting vision after vision of like what had happened on the lands. Like it was just, it was just beautiful. And as I'm sitting on this rock and I'm doing this smudging ceremony, all of a sudden there's like this deer, this bunny, this little chipmunk. And there's like this hummingbird that come out of the forest and the chipmunk is trying to like hang out on the rock with me. And I'm like, they're really friendly. Right. I'm like, I got no food for you, buddy. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, but you can hang out here, you know? And as I'm like, I'm just in on, it was like, I was reconnecting to like the animal kingdom. It was like, I was feeling the air. Like I was like, I was reconnecting to the elements. It was almost like that. It was almost like this pure connection to all of the elements around me is like the best I can describe it. It was like, I was feeling the wind. Like it was like caressing, like my skin, like I could feel like the earth, like standing from the earth. I could feel like the vibrations of the earth. And it was like the water, the body of water was like not so far. And like, I can hear like the waves, like it was just absolutely beautiful. And then I had the fire in front of me. So like every element of like nature was like literally in like in my vicinity. And it was like just such this beautiful experience. And I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like I'm 
like what is happening? Like, you know, and I'm just like trying to embrace everything, but I'm like overwhelmed with like so much tear and joy. Like it was just such like a beautiful thing. It was like, it was like this reconnection to all of the elements of nature at the same time. Like it was just so powerful. And as I'm like witnessing, I'm looking up and I'm like looking up and I'm seeing this little hummingbird and she's like literally flying from treetop to treetop, treetop to treetop, like directly over me. And I'm like, what is she doing? I'm like, maybe she, maybe she has a nest or something like, but I'm like, no, she's literally going treetop to treetop. And I'm like in the North here in Canada, I've never seen a hummingbird flying in the pouring rain when it's drizzling. Yes pouring rain. I've never, ever seen them out. Like usually they're like hiding in the tree lines. Like that's what I've always witnessed. But I was just like in amazement. And as I'm like looking up at her, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm sitting on this rock. I'm like, there's trees around me. I'm like, but there's no enclosure over this rock. Like, there's no trees covering this rock. And not one single drop of rain hit me the entire time that I was there. And I was there for almost four hours on that rock. Just having this ceremony. I was like, I was so mystified and I was like, I just felt like there was like this shield around me and it was like just such a beautiful thing. And when I left there, it was like my life was never the same after that moment. It was like I had this profound knowingness of just like that connection to what was important. And it was like this connection of really understanding myself and part of my ancestry and the ancestry of a lot of us, right? We all come from some type of indigenous population. And it was just like such a beautiful thing. And it, there was like this part of me that had truly healed. And it was like, I knew in that moment, I was like, I am meant to be a healer. I, I know that because I just did that for myself. I just went on this healing journey for myself. I said, if I did this for myself and after that moment, it's like my life had pivoted, my thought process, everything had pivoted from that moment. Like my belief systems, the way that I felt about myself, like my self-talk, everything had pivoted in that moment because what became valuable were the things that truly were invaluable in life. So it was just so powerful. And I was like, if I did this for myself, if I can do this for one other person, then I do know, in fact, that I am a healer. So I was like, I was like floating on a cloud nine. I was so like excited. I wanted to share with everyone, right? Because it was just such a beautiful experience. And I came home and I was like asking family and friends, like, do you want to come on this healing journey with me? <laughs> someone be my guinea pig. Like someone come with me. And they're all like, yeah, sure. Like, what is it? And I'm like, just, just come with me. Just trust me. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Let's, like, let's do that. And every person I brought on this journey is like their life was never the same after that moment. So it was like, I knew without a doubt at that point, it was like, yes, I am meant to be a healer. And now I'm ready to offer that out into the world. And then everything else just started coming into alignment, like channeled information, past life, like everything just started coming in together and just like this central like system of like infinite intelligence, infinite knowledge, which we all have access to. Right. So it was just such a powerful experience. Wow, what an amazing, amazing story. And as you were telling your story, um, I was just picturing everything like a movie. And it's yeah. <laughs> so incredible. And it's so amazing when we start really digging into ourselves and, you know, how much we can uncover. Um, for the listeners out there who have no clue what a shaman is, what can you can you like cover what is a a shaman or a celestial and earth shaman is there like a difference there yeah absolutely so a shaman just so people know it's not so shamanism first of all is not connected to any type of religious structure it's all about our connection to self into our own spirit into our soul essence it has nothing to do with any type of religious structure so i just want to make sure that that's clear and shamanism has been around for over 100,000 years. So these are modalities that have been used through tribal communities for since the beginning of time, since really since humankind, right? Because it was like almost like they had like this inner knowledge of how to be able to move energy and or how to heal with herbal medicine. So shamans were the medicine doctors, were the energy healers, practitioners, 
sole doctors of their tribal communities. So they were the doctors of their tribal communities. They were the ones that were able to heal at a multidimensional level and not just at a physical level within the tribal communities. So when someone was injured, someone was going through a grieving process, they always called on the shamans. Oh, wow. And how, how does one become a shaman? Do you have to go through a process or is this like answering your calling? How would that happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because in the traditional senses of shamanism, they only believe that you're born to be a shaman, that you're initiated into being a shaman and that you're called by dream or called by like a life experience to come into your shamanism. That's the only way like they're to them in the traditional way of thinking, there's no new ways of doing that in terms of like getting like a certification or going to education yes. system. It's all about like that ancient wisdom that gets gifted into you as part of your sacred purpose. But now we're kind of seeing that expansion happening where people are learning from other people, which I think is a really beautiful thing because if people feel that they can, you know, they can rise to this place where they can heal themselves and they can help heal others, like, and just clearing that we don't actually heal anyone. We guide them to heal just like a doctor. A doctor never heals you. They do what they need to do in order to, you know, if you need a surgery, but it's your body itself that actually heals itself, just like your energy heals itself. But we all have that capability to heal ourselves. The shaman is just there because they know how to do certain ceremonies in order to be able to conduct and optimize that healing within the bodies. So it just depends on the person. So a lot of the times it should always be a calling in my, in my personal opinion, I don't believe everyone should be a healer, just like not everybody should be a doctor and not everybody should be a nurse. There's things that, that need to happen. And there's traditions that I believe that we still need to follow so that we don't come out of this place where it's like an inundation where just everybody thinks that they can help people when they really can't. So I just want to be very mindful of that. But I do feel that we are, are expanding. And most shamans that we teach and that we mentor, a lot of the times they had a calling. They have a calling that they that they're meant something led them, their soul led them to come into this place of really discovering what their what their gifts and abilities are, their specializations, because every shaman has their specialization. Every shaman, some of them are, you know geniuses in terms of like energy work. Some of them are geniuses in herbal medicines, plant medicines, um, hallucinogenics, anything of that nature, you know, um, and some of them are really good with like the physical body and working with the emotional body. So it just depends on the shaman. So there's like this wheel of like healers of like what kind of healer a shaman is. And then in the middle, there's a void healer, which they can really tap into all of those gifts. So it's like, yeah, so it's really interesting. So it just depends on the shaman and what their what their gifts and abilities and their sacred purposes to come here and to help facilitate with humanity. Wow, that's so interesting. And um, we're talking about uh, purpose. We keep saying the word purpose, purpose, and a lot of people get stuck just thinking about, but what is my purpose? What is purpose? I, I remember growing up, I never thought of what is my purpose. And I, and when you were telling your story about, you know, um, you know, the multi-passion soul that you are, I was like, oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like I could never answer um, that question. What do you want to do when you grow up? Because I had so many interests, but deep down it's always, we we know, right? It's just incredible. Um, we just don't dig deep enough. How can what what is the sole purpose? What what and how can we find our purpose? Yeah, oh, I love this question. So our sacred purpose, our sole purpose is something. So depending on what you believe in, and before I go into this, I think it's really important to preface what our energy is and what our soulful energy is. So it has been proven in science and it has been proven in religious structures that we do in fact have a soul essence and that we are made of energy. And what we know from science, from measurable and quantum science and from religious structures is that science can neither be created, right? And energy cannot be, it can never be created and it can never be destroyed. So that means that energy never dies. 
So knowing that our energy, our soul energy has never died, it means that it has lived countless of life cycles. It doesn't mean that it's come to the earth plane and has reincarnated, you know, hundreds and thousands of of times over and over again, but it does mean that our soul energy cannot be destroyed. So that means that it has lived countless of life cycles, either in the galactics and the omniversal, it has lived in its existence. So when we understand that our soul energy came here to have an experience, right? Because we, we have a soul contract that we came here to have an experience on this earthly planet in this exact timeline. Nothing is by accident. Everything is created by design. So when we understand that we came here, we came here with a sacred purpose. We came here with a soul purpose, with our own gifts and abilities to be able to offer to ourselves and to be able to offer the world. So when we talk about soul purpose, a lot of the times what happens in terms of like our soul design is that we think that part of our purpose, like say if we're really good at communicating or we're really good at, you know, listening to someone and giving advice. Sometimes we think that part of this soul purpose is meant for others instead of it actually is meant for us. And sometimes what is actually meant for others, we actually use it on ourselves. So let's say part of our sacred purpose is to come here and to be able to help guide others to see where things are happening that aren't in alignment with their life, like things that can really be enhanced or, you know, we can really strengthen. Well, instead of using that to help shift what they're meant to and help serving uh, like the world or their community or whatever that may be, the animal kingdom, agriculture, whatever that is, and it could be arts, it could be anything. So when we understand that that gift is actually meant to be used for others, but we use it on ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we find everything that is misaligned within ourselves, then it's something that we're not using our soul purpose in the way that it is intended. So we have this beautiful soul purpose that we came here to be able to expand on and to be able to experience and to be able to help heal humanity. We're all here to serve one another because regardless if we have that polarity of duality, if we think that we're doing these quote unquote bad things in life, it still is offering a polarity for somebody else to learn their lessons. So that might be part of their sacred purpose. So we all come here to be able to help each other because we are all considered as one, right? When we think about religious structures, we think about the universal laws, the laws of nature is the law of one. And the law of one means that everything within us is interconnected and not just our soulful beings, but everything in this energetic matrix and the quantum field, everything is connected from our computers to our cell phones. Everything is connected in an energy grid. It's all connected as one piece and it all came from mother nature. If it lives in this construct and it isn't a human soul essence right? Like our TVs, everything has come from mother earth and carries soul essence, carries energetic essence. So our soul design, our soul purpose and our sacred purpose is something that is just specialized and geared just for you. It's very unique. It's just like your, it's just like your fingerprint. Fingerprints. Everything is in individual basis. We might have similarities, just like we, some of us may look similar, but we all have a different DNA structure. We all have a different imprint. It's the same thing that happens with our soul purpose. We all have something that is absolutely unique to us, but it's about alchemizing and it's about finding what that is so that we can be able to offer that and be able to live a life with that soul purpose, because we wouldn't be given a soul purpose if there wasn't financial abundance to be able to live in this timeline into this planetary system to be able to survive with that purpose. So it's really about discovering that. And some people they're like, Oh, I know what I want to do. And I know like what my passion is, but I can't seem to get the financial revenue for it. I can't seem to be able to sustain myself. Usually what happens is because there's like a degree or two degrees that they're not actually in full alignment with their soul purpose. They still haven't quite they still haven't quite kind of like perfected exactly what is meant for others and what is actually meant for themselves. And then we can talk about like the law of attraction and the universal laws and the laws of nature and why that happens and how that happens. But that sole purpose is just especially designed for one person. Not one person will be the same. It's funny that you say that, that it's, there's misalignment there. 
um, I'm a professional photographer and um, I was interviewed. Um, uh, I think it was, yes, it was today, Wednesday, Tuesday. <laughs> My God, I'm not crazy. I was um, in an interview um, this week and they asked me to, um, you know, swap some tips. And I always end up with the soul stuff, you know, it's like, oh, but, you know, in order to do this, you need to change this. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with photography. <laughs> and I'm like, but then I explain to people is that photography for me is just a tool that I use to to help others. So I just discovered, because I, I was telling you at the beginning, is like the, the multi-passionate, you know, I love dancing and I love, and and something that I learned, um, I don't know if you um, um, heard of him, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He was an author and, and spiritual teacher. Um, and one time I heard him say, because I was never into, why is people always talking about purpose and then I got so caught up in the purpose thing and I'm like what is my purpose really what and he said something um you will only find your purpose in service to others so no matter what I was doing I was always my soul was so happy when I was serving and doing things that it was in that healing I guess I was looking for healing myself because when you were talking about how, you know, you come from a single mom, I too come from a single mom and a single grandmother and a few things happened when I was a kid, you know, and, and things happen. And I love that when you said that it's not sur suppressed emotions, it's, you know, and that woman, strong women that will always want to be strong for, for others. I, I had fear um, or this thing of not crying. So I resonated so much with, with that story that you were saying. So maybe people are saying, oh, that's nice. But um, okay, so now if I discover my purpose, how, did, how do you discover your mission, your soul's mission? Because, and what is the difference there? How, how can one discover their mission? Because if you have a purpose, Right. And, you know, how do we follow that? What is the mission there? Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you've said here. And I love what you've spoken about, you know, that you really came from a generations of single mother and the structures of how you were raised and how to be a strong woman, because a lot of what we do in our work is that transgenerational healing, because when we heal mm. this current generation, we also heal those generations behind us and the generations ahead of us. So it's a really beautiful thing of what you just kind of brought out here. So I really wanted to expand on that and coming into that soul purpose is we do journeys. I do journeys as a shamanism, and this is why it's so important for me to be able to do at this level, because my whole purpose is to heal love and awaken because when we heal aspects of ourselves, right. And we heal the way that we believe about things, our belief systems, the way that we our mannerisms, our actions, the way that we show up for the world, when we heal that aspect, when we're not coming from wounds, when we're not coming from transgenerational beliefs, because we our epigenetics are saying that this is part of our life now, this is part of our DNA structure. You know, it's a really incredible thing when we can be able to shift from that and create our own epigenetics and to be able to transmute that into something really beautiful and something really powerful in our own embodiment. And it's not to say that our belief systems are wrong or they're bad, but they're not serving us. So how do we alchemize the things that are serving us and release the things that are no longer serving us? So when we come to this place of healing and not just, you know, healing at the intellectual level of our, of our mind, because we have just been, you know, shown in science that we actually have five brains within our body. And most people don't even understand their own human anatomy. So we have like these incredible brains that not are just in, you know, within our, within our incredible head space, but we have some that are happening in the heart space and in our gut space. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to confirm something else 
quite soon. But when we understand that all of these brains need to come into alignment, when our intellectual bodies are out of alignment, when our brains are working against one another, then our emotional body is working against our belief systems. Then we have, you know, the physical body is showing those symptoms of like anxiety, depression, and all these things that come to the forefront, autoimmune diseases, progressive illnesses. Then we have to really be able to go to the, the cellular complex, the energetic complex, and where are those imprints lying? Because everything happens within our soul memory. Everything happens within our auric field because it became penetratable. So that healing is such an important part of our journey to really finding our purpose because we're accumulating all of these little puzzle pieces along our journey. Oh, like I now understand why I had to go through that, why I had to go through that traumatic event. This is what I can extract from that. This is what I can alchemize from that. It showed me my resiliency. It showed me my compassion, my forgiveness. It showed me that things can't just break me. It's the power of my mind. It's the power of my, my state of consciousness. So when we come to these realizations, right, of that healing journey, then we expand more into our purpose. Then we go into journey as shamans. I bring them through a journey and you connect with your own purpose. Like you already have that answer within you. It's just buried underneath all the rubble, right? And now it's just, it's, we're removing all the rubble so that you can really discover that purpose because that's the most beautiful part of our journey is that discovery of really understanding that's where the fulfillment comes from. That's where unwavering inner peace comes from because you're no longer questioning, why am I here? What am I meant to do? Why is life so hard? Why, like all of these questions that we put ourselves in because we don't understand the entity of who we are and why we are here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. That is powerful. And um, sometimes as, you know, entrepreneurs, um, we get stuck because we don't seek, um, we just want to do, 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 do. <laughs> But we don't like really ask ourselves, okay, I'm stuck here because it might be something that needs healing. It's always something that needs healing. And this is, you know, I work with the majority of the population I work with are women entrepreneurs and men entrepreneurs. And the majority of those money blocks of those success blocks are always something that have to do with healing, or it's just, you know, being able to shift something just a slight little bit so that it actually can come to a state of abundance. Because what happens in business is that we're always pushing in our masculine energy. We're always looking for an outcome. We have this expectation to outcome. We want to be successful. My business isn't successful in six months. Is, am, I, am I really meant to do this? Am I, you know, we start going into this questioning period. Am I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I, am I talented enough? We go into this negative self-talk without even understanding that we're doing it. And a lot of the times it can happen just within the subconscious and it shows up in our actions and our actions in the masculine energy of how we've been programmed to be in the masculine energy. If you look at the majority of the world in the now moment, 90% is in the masculine energy because they can't come into their state of flow because they feel guilty for coming into their feminine state of, of flow and of receivership. And this is to really preface is that every single human being on this planet, doesn't matter of your gender, has feminine and masculine energy within them. It's that yin and that's that yang and it's that light and it's that dark and it's to be able to offer that polarity within ourselves and to be able to experience that. So when we bring in, you know, the universal laws and the laws of nature, which is like the book that I follow to life, because that to me speaks the most resonance and truth for me, because it's all about our own betterment. It's all about us achieving and being able in the state of success. And what we were taught from the law of attraction was a little bit misconstrued because it's not really the law of attraction. It's the law of vibration and frequency and how we emanate. So when we think about what we're doing in our business and we're consistently pushing for results, we're living in a state of fear, scarcity, and lack. Mm -hmm. We're doing things out of the sake of just doing, and we're never coming into the state of being, of receiving everything that we are outputting. And that, according to the laws of the universe, will never come into alignment because you're consistently telling the universe that you're not ready to receive because one, you're not trusting, you're not surrendering, you're always in this constant state of panic and fear. So what is it going to keep offering you? 
right? It's whatever we're resisting persists, right? And the law of attraction, the law of cause and effect, whatever we're putting out, we receive in return. So when we understand that, when we understand that being in our masculine energy all the time of that construct of always doing, 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 pushing, 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 that hustle mentality leads to burnout, unsustainability, and unmaintainability. It is not maintainable throughout the duration of our life if we are going to, if we're going to be in that masculine energy consistently, we have to be able to go into our state of flow and our state of flow is not like being feminine and going to get our nails done. It's being in a place where whatever brings you joy, whatever brings you fulfillment, if that's going out and taking photography, being out in nature, doing arts, painting, listening to music, going into dance going into dance, going into singing, anything, anything, things that you love doing as a child, if it's playing in the sand, playing in the mud, anything of that nature brings you into your grounded state of flow where now you're experiencing the law of gender. So the law of gender means that we have to be able, there's no such thing as balance in life. That is a, you know, a scientific measurement. That is not something that is sustainable in life. We're not we're not divisive beings where 50% of our time is with our family, 50%, like that's unrealistic expectations, right? We go into this beautiful state of harmonic flow. We allow ourselves to flow. Today, I really feel that I need to be present within my business and I need to get these actions done. Tomorrow, I really feel that I need to step away and I need to go take a walk in nature and I need to reground my energy because how I'm emanating, how I'm vibrating is the exact frequency of what I'm going to be receiving in return. And what I've seen working with millionaires, billionaires, and, you know, having them on my show also like hosting them is they are such spiritual people. A lot of the majority of the time and the ones that aren't that live in scarcity, fear, and lack end up losing a lot of their money or always in consistent fear of losing their success. That is not true trust and surrender, right? So the most like successful people that I've seen on this planet are really in a very spiritual connective place of their energy and their frequency of what they vibrate at. And that is a really powerful thing. So as an entrepreneur, it's important to not always be in the doing. We're not human doings. We're human beings. And the most beautiful place that we can put ourselves in when we need to is being in that state of being, because that is a really powerful thing for us. We have to be able to honor our feminine energy. We've been told our entire life, to avoid our feminine energy, Mm -hmm. to not be in a state of being that that's laziness, that that's this. We have all of these labels and, you know, significances tied to being in our state of flow when in reality, that is just to deter us from actually coming into a beautiful state of true manifestation. My God, you said so many powerful stuff there. And, you know, and success, really, it's defined, you know, by each person. What is the definition? What What is your definition of success for, for you? What What is success? For what me, it's freedom. Like? Most people that I talk to, it's always freedom, right? We think it's financial abundance. And it's it's really important to have that healthy connection to money. And some people, they will say money. They will say financial success. But to me, it's freedom. And freedom means Having the choice to be able to decide if I want to go on vacation with my family, that I get to go on vacation with my family without having all of these guilts and these pressures because I know I'm in a financial place that I'm able to do so, right? It's being able to have healthy connections to everything around us and to be able to just see it from a witnessing and an observing perspective opposed to putting emotionality into it and creating belief systems that I'm not worthy or, you know, I don't deserve success or a lot of the times that's what happens, right? Like a lot of people are, as soon as they come to me, they're like, I want to be a millionaire. Like I want a really successful business. But I'm like, what is your mindset telling you though? What is your subconscious and your hyperconscious telling you, right? What is your epigenetics? Did you come from a family that came from poverty and it's very hard for you to come and to shift from a place that was economically challenged, right? Like these are all things that we need to look at because they all have an effect on how we believe and how we think. And that creates energy, right? Our thoughts create energy. Our actions create energy. Our emotions, emotions, energetic motions create energy. So everything that we do amplifies the exact thing that we want. So for me, success is freedom, freedom in every capacity, in my health, in love, 
and being able to just express myself when I need to financially express myself, do whatever I need to do in order to feel fulfilled within the parameters of myself, having a very rich life filled with love and laughter and everything that we can desire for our life. That is what success is for me. I love it. And I think it's important when you really think about what that word means to you, it, everything changes. Because and if if my definition of success was to have a million dollars in the bank, unfortunately, I do not have <laughs> I do not have a million dollars in the bank. And so I'll be all day saying I am I'm a failure. I am not successful. I think I, you know, and I will not look for, you know, for, for growth. I will not look for things that will bring me that money. <laughs> and in reality, what does that million dollars signify to you? Because money is really an illusion in the 3D, like for us, right? Like it's something that we need to, in order to live in this, you know, incredible construct of what we live in. We need money in order to survive which is a very viable thing, but it's really an illusionary construct. It's digital, it's paper. It really doesn't actually have significance. So what does it actually mean for you? So getting to that why, that why usually when we're like when we're digging down a little bit deeper, that why usually is very connected to an emotionality, right? It's connected to an emotion. It's connected to an experience. Sometimes we experience severe poverty and we never want to go back into that state of poverty. Sometimes it's just being able to have freedom because we feel like we never were able to have that expression of freedom in our life. So it's always connected to something. So what does that million dollars actually mean in value? value, right? Of value to you. If it wasn't, if it wasn't needed in this world, what would that mean to you to have that in your bank? Right? Like what is the significance to that? What are you trying to achieve? What emotion, what fulfillment are you trying to achieve? And that is the most important thing when we're trying to discover what is in alignment with me? What do I want for my life? Some people just want a very healthy family and just want to feel a lot of love in their family. And that's a beautiful thing, but it always comes from an emotionality. There's always an experience that has been led or has been taught. Either they experience it themselves and they want to re-gift it, or they didn't experience it themselves and they want to be able to gift it. So it's really about understanding why do we want it and you know how do we go about it? And it's looking at those deeper thoughts. It's looking at those deeper feelings. What is this connected to? Yeah, I love how you said get didn't have it and then want to gift it. And at the end of the day, it comes out to giving and receiving. I remember when my mentor once said, just put your hands, you know, the right or the left. Is it the right or the left? One is going and one, the other one is receiving. Be okay with receiving. Money is just the value that we give, you know, we, we give it. And also I love when you said um that balance the work and life balance and when I learned somebody said um is what you prioritize what what are your priorities today that is the balance is your are your kids your priority today then it's not your business it's your kids so that's that's how you um get your balance I love it so I am curious to know I'm going to shift this because um, you said this word so many, many, many times, and I love asking this question. What is your perception of beauty? Mm. <laughs> um, for me, I love this question. I love your questions. These are such great questions. I think my perception of beauty is that we are all absolutely beautiful. We are divine perfection in the way that we are created. Everybody, I see the beauty in everyone. And it's only in the sense and beauty in nature, like everything is just so magnificently beautiful. And I get into trouble a lot by this because a lot of people be like, well, you know, like, why do you see the good in everyone? Because I see the good in everyone, because that is part of my, my soul contract. That is part of my soul purpose is to be able to see the beauty in everyone. But I look at us all as divine beings that are absolute perfection that are here and having an experience all together as community and as a collective. And to me is that I don't believe in superficial beauty. I don't believe in the way that, you know, 
social media and the environments really conduct what beauty is. That is not beauty to me. That is superficialness. Most people that care about those elements is because there's something within them that isn't quite healed. And we, we are born beautiful. We are born in the exact way that we are intended to. We don't need to modify anything. We don't need to shift anything. The exact way that we are created is the exact way that we are intended to be here on this planetary system. And that to me is beautiful because nature is beautiful and we are part of nature. We are an extension. We are nature. So I think that beauty to me is the way that people present themselves and the way that they show their hearts too. Like, I think that the way that we can show kindness, empathy, compassion towards one another, beauty expands. We were able to see it at such greater levels because a lot of us feel like there's so much ugliness happening in the world. But if you really look at things from more of a seer's perspective or a witnessing perspective, you see that that's all an illusion, right? That's just to create divisiveness. That's just, that's just power struggles and power constructs. But that's not really in the reality of who we are in, in, our, in our creation. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, there's bad people out there. Well, they came here and they had a bad experience, but they're not, their divine essence, their divine soul isn't actually bad. It, it, came, it comes from the exact same creator that we all came from, right? They all were in this beautiful perfection, but they came here to have a different experience. So some of their things of what they've done, they needed to do that in order to learn their lessons. Doesn't make it right or wrong. It just is what it is. And it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it permittable, but that's the experience that they signed up to have. So I still see beauty in everyone. I still see beauty for exactly for what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I have a heart. That's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. And sometimes I do have a hard time comprehending that when I see beauty in people and I try to think about if somebody's doing horrible things and I'm like that person when he was a baby he wasn't or she wasn't that way right and maybe they are also came to teach us something as hard as that sound right yeah. And that's the thing is that those people did. And I, you know, I was in an abusive relationships too. I've been in, you know, in really not commendable situations in terms of like my safety, but in the reality of it is, is I still take accountability for my journey. And it's not to say that I take accountability for their actions, that that is never uh, like a misconstruction. I would never do that. But I come from a place of forgiveness where I take my power back and I become empowered within my journey and I take the lessons that I've learned with it. Because if I live in this constant state of victimization, then I can't serve the world in a place that I'm serving now in this now moment. We're not taking the actual lessons for what they are in order to actually strengthen our tool belt and to be able to strengthen our knowledge and our wisdom of knowing what we don't want for our life or what we do want for our life. And this can be a very challenging thing as we go through this forgiveness stage because traumatization is a real thing, right? It, it really happens to all of the essences of our being, but it's to know that regardless of this person's actions, emotions, or whatever that was conducted should never take our power away right? We should always be the ones holding our own power and we can decide to choose if we want to step into our empowerment or if we just want to live, you know, the, the way victim. that we're living in this now moment, but that power should never be with someone else, right? And that's right. what we do when we go through these places. And that person came here to teach you that experience. So the way that I like to see is like, imagine like heaven or whatever you believe afterlife, whatever you believe in, in terms of where soul essences go after. It's like you have this pod family and they're like, oh, I'm going to come and teach you forgiveness. I'm going to come and teach you resiliency. I'm going to come and teach you patience. But then when they come here and the world, and then they experience all these environmental things and these program belief systems, and then they have their own experiences within their own family dynamic, and then things transpire. And then, you know, people like become things that they didn't wish to become when they were in their divine essence, but they came here to teach and experience. And it doesn't mean that what they've done to another person's body is okay or permittable, right? We don't ever want to condone that, but it came and it taught a lesson. It's not in the exact way that we agree to, but it's the lesson that they signed up for. So if that makes any sense. 
Wow, that was amazing. I love it. And before I let you go, I cannot let you go without answering this last question. (laughs) (laughs) What is something you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up? And this time level up and maybe accepting your gift and your sole purpose. Um, Or it could be anything. For me, I call them stop apologizing or breakthroughs. It's being through to it's being true to yourself. Stop apologizing for being who I am, right? Of being who I was, because as we know, not everybody um, comes with this with this wisdom in the in this planetary system. So to be able to resonate with people, I always felt like I had to hide a little bit of part of myself so that I couldn't have these profound conversations. But I'm tired of hiding myself and I'm tired of not stepping into my embodiment. And I made that decision when I went through my own healing journey and I will never apologize for who I am. If I'm not, you know, your flavor, that's fine. Go on to the next flavor, but I'm always going to be in my truth and I'm always going to be in my knowingness. So I will never apologize for who I am in, in every way possible. I love it. I love it. I love it. And with that, Roxanne, um, the links to where people can find you will be posted on the show notes of this episode. But where can people connect with you? Where are you most active or one place that they can go? And I'll have all the links because you, you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the best place would be either Instagram or Facebook. And then they can always connect with me on my website. I'm on TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Thank you. Such an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media. On Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens and on Facebook page Conversations with Mayi Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.